You're listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Media on the Radio is a podcast that features conversations with media professionals. Our guest today gives a lot of insight into how to break into the media field. People want to get into filmmaking. There are not a lot of people who say, I want to get into the business of filmmaking. Any type of art form that you partake in, you have to define what your success is. With the changes in distribution, with the changes in how you can get your stories out to people now, you don't have to concentrate on the address to be the the predicator of if it's real or not. If we want to really cultivate a film industry in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, we have to push our creators to keep creating content. Arlington Independent Media offers classes in video field production, Premiere Pro editing, Pro Tools, WordPress, photography, media marketing, digital cinema. There are countless ways to get involved, like volunteering on programs, taking classes, and producing your own media projects. Check out arlingtonmedia.org. You can go to waitwhatpro.com to find past episodes of Media on the Radio. Plus, subscribe on iTunes. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening. First and foremost, I'm a film lover. I would, uh... I would rather go to the movies than do anything else. <laughs> Film is therapeutic to me. If I had um, ten dollars, I could buy three uh, three dollar movies and get a cheeseburger for ninety nine cent. That's just how I was. Um, so I naturally got into to film just because I was always just drawn to it. And uh, one day I decided to stop being a spectator and start taking a um, a more hands-on role on seeing where I fit in the actual world of filmmaking. You weren't obviously being paid. You were doing it uh, kind of weekend warrior for the love of it. Those, those first couple of years, it was really getting on different people's sets or, and and learning about what was missing. You know, when you when you get into independent film or guerrilla filmmaking or weekend warrior filmmaking, you, you kind of... I didn't have a definitive expertise. You know, I did music on some things. Um, you know, I did grip work on some things. I was a PA on some things. And it was like I'm looking to see how it all worked out and where I could be of assistance at. Because there's so many things you can do with film. There's so many things. Like you can you can build a set. You can write the screenplay. You can direct it. You can score it. You can... Um, you can act. There's so many different things that you can do that sometimes if you just walk in because of a pure love for it, you got to find your niche and where you really work well at on a team because it's also team-based. So it was it was film school for me, um, being being an access producer at AIM and getting on people's sets and seeing how things work, seeing what did work, what didn't work, what could have been done the next time, building that camaraderie, getting that networking in. That was, that was my film school for me. So it's interesting because, you know, I, I do some documentary projects and, and I do a fair amount of freelance work as well. And I talked to uh, an established filmmaker a couple years ago. I had a dinner with her and she was talking about she had actually early on in her career, she had won an Oscar for Best Short Documentary and then had this kind of long, they, we, we were just talking to them and then they were explaining how they were retiring and kind of putting their their company to bed and everything else. And the one thing that she looked back on that she was really proud of that she talked about was that she never used her own money for a film and she always made a, a profit on the film. 
And that's something that, um, you know, is because camera technology is so inexpensive and there's so many more ways in which to get involved. Um, it's an interesting way of looking at something where there's different projects for different purposes. Like, you know, you might make a short film that's a great calling card that gets a lot of attention, or you might make a film that, that a million people see that you don't get a return on that. Um, and that there's different, different tools for different purposes and outreach and everything else. But what would you say about that in terms of people that want to get into filmmaking and how you, you know, return on investment? How do you, how do you actually build um, a brand or build something that will actually get to the point where you're making money and it's not just not just a hobby, it's actually a, a profession? Well, well, the thing is, is that when people want to get into filmmaking, there are not a lot of people who say, I want to get into the business of filmmaking. So for a lot of folks, especially independently, and actually a lot of schools don't teach it. I think um, Columbia might be one of the only ones, but a lot of um, schools don't teach the business of filmmaking. And the thing is, is that it, it is a business. It's an industry. It's, um, and people want to get paid to do this. Well, the first thing about any type of art form that you partake in, you have to define what your success is. Like, you really, like, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a, um, uh, if you want to be a painter, if you want to be a filmmaker, you got to really define what your success is. And if you don't take the time to do that, then you'll be chasing your own tail until you quit. When it comes to film, you know, what is it that you ultimately, you know, want to do? Do you want to get in there and you want to make blockbuster movies and, and have, you know, the world adore you? And, and, or do you want to make smaller films that, you know, that you can, you know, don't have to spend that much on you, always get a little bit of money back and, and people, you know, watch them and love them? Or do you want to just make that one movie that one kid 20 years from now will watch and change their whole life? Like, you, you really have to be true to yourself about what you want out of it. It's such, it's, it's such a passionate development to work in film is is passion driven that people don't really think about their end game um why <laughs> before they get into it or why they end it they're just trying to fill it out and they're being a part of it but well no what is successful for me is i want to be able to work within the industry you know the way I want to, however I want to, not having to answer to anyone, but being a part of the industry and a part of building the industry and, and be able to pay my rent from it. And if I if I do better than that, then I've succeeded my my goal, so I'm good. I have the same feeling of being able to make a feature film without pulling any money out of my pocket and then making money back for the investor. That's a great feeling. You know what I mean? I've, I've been able to cash checks from, from making a film. I've been able to pay bills from making films. That's a great feeling. And for me, that I'm satiated with that. A lot of folks just have to really be definitive about what they're in it for. When it comes down to filmmaking, you know, people have to really pay attention to the business of filmmaking. You got to really understand the investment process, the return of investment process, the distribution process, the promotion and marketing process. You got to really get into that if you definitely if you're going to be an independent filmmaker. If you just want to fill out an application, see if they hire you for a spot, you don't have to think about that. You're just looking for a job, which is not a bad thing, but you got to understand that those are the different facets that come with being a filmmaker. You've been at it for how how long now? Um, almost ten years now, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, over over the course of those ten years, 
you know, are there any pitfalls or anything that you look back that you've learned a lot from? Every time I, I set up with a different um, project, it's a learning experience. Um, I think my first feature in the Henchman's War was the biggest learning experience. I was completely blindsided by the Henchman's War. It was like one day there was a script, and like the next day it was 20 people in a room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and then the first thing I did was realize how much everybody else didn't know about the actual business of filmmaking and that I needed to really pay attention to learn because I, it, as far as the business goes with Henchman's War, I, I felt like I failed. Um, as far as getting the movie made, getting the movie uh, distribution, getting the movie in the movie screens, and, you know, I accomplished those goals. But then I learned that I had a lot to learn about producing, about how to run a set, how to, how to approach things as a director, how important pre-production was. You know, and now I'm to a point where I can get my pre-production to where it needs to be that I only have eight-hour shoot dates. And I've learned that, you know, how to get the business taken care of so I won't have the same um, remorse that I did from when I shot The Henchman's War. So hmm. it was, and, and you know, that was that was a while ago. That was like almost, I guess, six years ago. But hmm. since then, everything that I've learned, I've taken to the next thing and I've learned more. So it's not really like learning from your mistakes, but also paying attention to what went right and building up on that. Like those were the things that was the most important to me. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I remember hanging out at AIM and just having conversations with you. And this was when you were producing a lot of, I think you did The Favor, which is a, a really great short film. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. And I don't know if it's out. Is that out anywhere? Is that? Yeah, that's on, that's on YouTube, I think. It's on oh, YouTube okay, cool. with Mimi, y'all. That was uh, yeah. directed by Demetrius Parker. It was a lot of AIM folks. Um, you um, you wrote it and produced mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah, Quinn, yeah. Becky, it was a lot of us all together. And we did a, a series called The World at Work. Um, Christian O was a part of it. And um, I wrote a couple of shorts, and folks came in and helped me produce them. And, and we, we put this kind of screening together of all the films all together and put them out there, which was kind of like a calling card um, mm-hmm. for me to be a part of the actual business itself. But yeah, I just remember though you you were you also um, have a track record of collaborating with a lot of people, mm-hmm. even on their own projects. So you have kind of your hand in a lot of other projects, even if you're not directly creatively involved or, right. or have creative control. And I remember chatting with you, and and you were saying, "Well, what, what what's going on? What are you working on?" And just kind of pushing me. And I had a short story that I was thinking kicking around. Mm-hmm you know, doing a short on, and you were just like, let's do it, come on, let's do it, why not? Right. And <laughs> I was like, and it kind of pushed push me and put a little pressure on me, and, and in reality, I, you know, I didn't end up doing it, um, but I, I don't think that that's very, uh, I think that that mentality mm-hmm. or that push is, is rare, and I, and I wonder where that comes from and, and what... Um, because this is, this is the thing, we... If we want to really cultivate a film industry in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, we have to push our creators to keep creating content. And that's the purpose of the Indie Capital Awards. It's something that it's another nudge to have folks to keep creating content, to let people know that, hey, we care that you're making something. we got people who want to look at it, that want to help promote it. Like, this is real. And a lot of folks don't believe it's real until they change their address. 
with the changes in distribution, with the changes in how you can get your stories out to people now, you don't have to concentrate on the address to be the mm. to be the, the 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 predicator of if it's real or not. And whenever I come across filmmakers, this is the thing. It always goes back to what I love first. I love watching movies. Make something for me to look at. Make something that we can get out there to show that we're getting it done here. Make something, make something, make something. And what happens is the closer we get to being able to make something, like you, you ever remember like when you weren't working at AIM, you had no cameras around you? You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you had nothing, it was a dream that you wanted to have fulfilled. Now, when you know all the, the, you know DPs, you know sound men, you know writers, you know all these folks, and now it doesn't seem as urgent. So the thing that I I like to do with mm-hmm. filmmakers, and the thing that I think is really important, is to say, hey, we now have people surrounding us that we can make stuff all year long if we want to. You know, mm-hmm. so let's keep pushing for that. And while we're pushing for that, I will go out here and figure out how to distribute it. I will go out here and figure out how to promote and market it so that we can get something going that what we have can be presented to the world and become something that's lucrative for us. But if we have all the business in place, if we have a, a sustainable um, uh, industry in place and we don't have the content, then it's all for naught. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always about I'm always pro make something. And it's funny because since since releasing Canard Journals, I've kind of taken a step back and am a little bit like, that was a long project. I need to take a break. Right. And you're doing I'm doing like some... a crazy person. Documentaries are the hardest form of filmmaking to me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it just is. But the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, you know it's hard. You know it's a long process. But it's going to be a moment where you want to do something small to just get your hands back in it again before yeah. you go back and do something that's a long, hard process. But that really, filmmaking can drain you. Mm-hmm. It just can't. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. But when you walk into that theater and our screen goes dark, or when you get that person that that says, "Hey, this movie touched me," or this, you know. When you start getting that energy back, it makes you ready to, to go forth and do it again. So that's why it's so important that when I talk to filmmakers, it's like, well, what you working on next? What you doing? Because that energy depletes every time you get something done, and you need people to keep putting mm-hmm. that back in you. The good thing is the more you create, the more you get things out there to the rest of the world, and you see that the world is watching, you see that people are... Uh, uh, saying if they like it or not. You know what I mean? They're giving you that energy back because mm-hmm. now those little increments of energy you put out to get it made, those critiques, those observances, that attention that's being paid to what you made makes you feel like, okay, it wasn't for naught. Let me get up here and go do it again. I can do this better this time. I want to expand on this more. Or oh, I think this story needs to be told. So it's kind of like a, um, it's a, it's a, a give and take with folks when you, make a, mm-hmm. when you make a film or when you do any kind of art. And it's also funny, there's so much talent here, and there's so much... D.C.'s a little bit more of a manageable city to, to get around, to, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of locations to shoot, and, you know, it's somewhat suburban, too, so it's, it's just, just a better quality of life. Right. And, I'm, and I wonder, you know, I thought I had this idea of fantasy. Is you take the top ten filmmakers in D.C., and you give them each $100,000 a year you know, on top of whatever they do. Mm-hmm. 
to make pilots and short films and concepts for Hollywood or for you know Hulu or wherever. Mm-hmm. That's a small investment. It's you know. a really small investment. It, it, but, and, but think you, about the output that that you'd get from right. from those and it, it really depends. Well, actually, you know, our film offices between DC, Maryland, and Virginia can get together and actually cultivate an incubator to have a, a sustainable industry coming out with films being produced here by local filmmakers. It can mm-hmm. be done. Mm-hmm. It can definitely be done. Um, and if they did it and it worked and that money came back in, they would be able to raise more money for grants to sustain mm-hmm. the film offices. You know, it's you can't just chase around people who already are in the industry that's outside of D.C. They should be having those classes about business. And I'm not saying get somebody to fly in from L.A., pay them $5,000 to sit there <laughs> and say, this is how we run business in L.A. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about breaking down those terms of return of investment on, on how to get investors in, how to make the best out of your money with these type of budgets, different distribution models, so on and so forth. It's changing. You can start up, if you had the money to, to start up your own film company and you had about $500,000 and said, look, I want to make six movies with $500,000 and we're going to promote and market these movies and distribute them ourselves, that could work now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It could work now. It doesn't have to be area code based. And the film offices could put something together to make micro-budget films with area filmmakers that can now go into distribution and make money back and make something sustainable that they can put down to end up getting more grants in to cultivate a film society that can also have that pocket in with the other things that they're doing. It should never be a question of, well, what does the film office do for me? You know what I mean? And I hear that a lot. There's a lot of folks that have those issues. I don't personally have those issues because, you know, I'm, I just don't worry about it. I'm a, I'm a independent guerrilla filmmaker by spirit now. You know, if I want to do something, <laughs> I'm just going to go do it. But, yeah, it yeah. would be great if that was a part of it, you know? You got the Kramers from Meridian Hill Pictures. You have Anthony Anderson from Anacostia. You got folks mm-hmm. like myself. You got folks like Harold Jackson. You got you got all these folks out here that are good at what they do and could be better if the film offices that we represent when we take these films out into the rest of the world would give a little bit back to us. Mm-hmm. But it's really their call. The thing that's going to be sad is if it happens without them, then it'll always be without them. Well, it's interesting, and we'll wrap this up in a minute. Um, DC is is a st- sticky with that too because um, you know there's a lot of collaborative groups that want to meet and and uh, kind of raise all raise all boats. A friend of mine that's that's in comedy was talking about this comedy group, and there was this leader that was really charismatic and wanted to kind of boost the comedy scene in DC, mm-hmm. and it, there was this growing momentum over you know, three or four years. And then at a certain point, he got this opportunity and moved to New York and mm-hmm. <laughs> left left the group kind of like right. eventually dissolved and and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a little bit, I think that that's also part of the problem is that, you know, at, I think people can talk about a collaborative environment that everyone 
mm-hmm. would benefit from. But at the same time, there's no there's no mystery in the fact that everyone is an independent producer um, that is working for their own LLC or working for themselves. And that that's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it, that that is a hindrance in in trying to kind of get a more sustainable industry going. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's um. I've seen it a lot of times. People come together with incredibly good intentions, and at the end of the day, you get a, a group of filmmakers together. All of them want to make different types of films. All of them want to be successful. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the truth is, is that, and I've I've learned this with um with the work that I've done with Andy Capital and stuff. In order for me to facilitate the change that I'm talking about or, or bring bring forth that community that I'm talking about, I have to put my own needs on the back burner. Mm. There's been many times when I, I put the energy in the Indie Capital Awards or put the energy into the film festivals or, or other things, and I'm just like, man, I just want to just go write a script and go, you know, do another movie. And then, mm. <laughs> I, you know, and I don't. Well, I might settle for a quick short film here or there, you know, but I realized that in order for what I'm doing, that when I get around to making my film, when I get around to making my project, in order for it to have a stronger audience, in order for it to have more sort of community support, I have to make sure that somebody's there to support everybody else's work, which means I have to be patient about attaining the future goals I have set for myself because I still understand that there's a community that needs to be served. There's still a community that needs to be built up. There's still some ascension that needs to be done. And that's a hard thing for folks. You gotta really realize that first. You know? You gotta really realize that what it is that you wanna do, that you really wanna do, I would have made about five movies by now if I wasn't <laughs> running Andy Capital Awards. And if I had to have that conversation with myself that says, Look, you can go make these movies right now. You can go make these moves right now but you'll just be throwing more content into a pool of content. That pool that's already there needs to have some direction. It needs to have some support. It needs to have uh, different platforms to promote itself, to, to get itself out there to the masses. And you need to understand that as much as possible because not only would you be helping them, you will be helping yourself when you get back to being creative. Speaking of the future, what, what's next? My newest festival, North Beach American Film Festival, is now um, taking submissions for our summer uh, beachfront uh, film festival in North Beach, Maryland. And um, my work with Skyrocket Productions, we're looking at um, producing about four films next year. We just got finished doing Coffin 2 in L.A., and now we're doing some stuff here locally um, next year. And we also have... Um, Ellie Walton and Joy Haynes, um, Voices from Within, and um, Lotus Eyes from Mind and Motion Productions are now in distribution and available on uh, Amazon Instant. So cool. we are keeping busy. And maybe next time you come on, we can talk more about the distribution mm-hmm. side of things, too. Because, I mean, we talked a bit about it, but it'd be interesting to hear the, the kind of the inner workings of because I feel like you've you've made a lot of connections, um, but it seems like you've turned those connections into, you know, a sustainable business, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is the ideal, but not always. You know, to to get that organized is is not always easy. So. No, not at all. Not at all. 
<laughs> Not at all. But, mm. but yeah, we can chat about that another time. Appreciate your time. Thanks right. for hey, coming anytime, on the podcast. Man. Thanks for uh, having me here. Great to talk to you. You're listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. You can go to waitwhatpro.com to find past episodes of Media on the Radio. Plus, subscribe on iTunes. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening.